This week, I was able to sit down with TJ Eisenhart in his studio and hear about everything he's got going on with Imaginary Collective, his art, the story, and a touch into his creative process. I've been following TJ for a few years now, and I've always been way stoked on everything he's got going on. His brand and team, Imaginary Collective, brings so much uniqueness and creativity to the cycling space and outside of it. His passion in art, creativity, and manifesting the life you want, built around the importance of placing your priorities where they should be in the life you want to create, is incredibly contagious. After the episode, go check out his work, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Yeah, man. How the hell are you? I've been chatting for a bit. How's it, how's it going? So good. Thanks for having me on the pod, dude. Dude, this is awesome. To Welcome to the studio. We're in St. George, Utah, right now in my art studio. So thanks for coming, dude. Thanks for having me. This place is awesome. Makes killer espresso. Yeah, it's yeah. been it's been a morning. Yeah. <laughs> no, we got the monster Java. We got the espresso. We got all the paintings out. Uh, yeah, it's hard to not be in this studio and want to like create in mm-hmm. some way. Well, sweet man, yeah, I'm glad to be part of another expression of creation. You know, going that way. But yeah, so I guess currently, what do you what have you been up to? Ah, uh, just been super busy. We uh, we just got a, an apartment in actually Queens Astoria out in New York City. Nice. Uh, my girlfriend works for uh, an accounting. Com- firm out there called kpmg and she works out in like the international tax so she has to be out in new york working like you know every out there working and so uh i was like yeah i'm definitely going out there with you and so we got a sweet apartment out there and so once one week we're out there then another week we're back here in utah and then usually on another week now with it being the springtime we're traveling so much for different bike racing events you know we just got back from levi's grand fondo and sea otter uh and see yeah we have i think a few races coming up like i know truman and sydney are going to be heading out there that's kind of the beautiful part now with imaginary collective our brand how we kind of have these three divisions where we have like the race division the design and creative division and then we have like our you know storefront our like our like where we sell our bikes everything uh there in greenville kind of that division and it's cool to have truman and sydney be running the racing division because mm-hmm. me and my business partner who started imaginary collective with andrew dalheim he lives in greenville south carolina and that's where our bike shop is and uh for years we always wanted to be able to do these events and just go and hang out and ride and just chill and not have the stress of racing because you know we both have kids and uh i have other interests i'd rather do more of the art and design and creative side while still riding my bike rather than focusing on the training and going to racing so we've always wanted to find people that we could bring on that would really that really you know embody the spirit of imaginary and what it means to be an athlete and represent that brand uh, because it is our brand, so we want people to represent it in a way that we view is how it should be represented. And uh, it's just really cool to find two kids that are, you know, really young and ambitious and have such a deep love for racing and desire for racing. But yet there's really creative and talented way past cycling and the bike. And so, like, that's really exciting to be able to bring on people that, again, embody the spirit of imaginary where we created this band, 
this brand based off of like the culture of the sport and just having fun and enjoying it and we wanted to always do things that we loved like so oh we love skiing and snowboarding we love skateboarding we love music we love uh coffee we wanted to work then with brands that also do those and then have athletes that could represent that and so it's really cool to have sydney and truman be able to go to all these races and represent we wanted people that could be at the front of the peloton while still like just representing the brand people that mm -hmm. were cool uh fun to be around people where you after you talk to them after the race you were messaging them and being like yo thanks so much for riding with it was so fun to meet you today or they're talking to other people and they're like man that that, that sydney or that truman for imaginary that that was so, they're so cool like mm -hmm. they got a flat tire at the front of the race but then they just hung out and rode with us and had the coolest attitude all day and we're just so kind so like you know it was really about finding two cat cool kit cool kids cool cats that embody that and uh now it's really cool because then me and andrew can really focus on growing the brand and building something for them to mm -hmm go and race you know because i don't know it's like the best of both worlds now so yeah just been busy with traveling and doing art and uh we just again designed the jerseys for levi's grand fondo they look so good thanks that was <laughs> that was they look so good uh that was yeah today that is just one of the coolest things we uh i had to remind my business partner the other day like dude we got to take a step back and realize like how lucky where we are right now because this is where we've always dreamed about being right now you know yeah uh be present yeah this. like this is cool yeah. you know to be able to get an offer you know i met levi i've always known levi i've followed him his whole career and then when i was pro that's like just when i like kind of knew him and we know of each other my coach was really good friends with him and I'd see him, but we weren't like ever friends. But then last year at Belgium off ride Cedar city, we met and he just like loved my art. And that was crazy cool. Cause like, I'm a fan of his cycling career and a fan of who he is as a friend, but he's a fan of my art as he as much as I am as of his career. That's so it's awesome. just crazy that your mutual respect. Yeah. And it's like, what the heck? Like, I would have had like to get that type of mutual respect. It's just, I've really seen it. Like all my childhood heroes, it, it's like th they were friends and like they, it's because of my art. That's like, we're friends, you know, and it's this different type of mutual respect. Uh, but yeah, I just been, we've been busy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's sweet, man. Yeah. It sounds like a, glad to hear that so much is happening Sounds yeah like the jersey yeah like and then so yeah we we became friends at the fondo i mean at the bwr mm -hmm. and he just would ask me to do art and then in december he uh, he saw this skateboard i did i think for truman and i uh him and carlos perez who runs bike monkey which runs all these events they're like tj we want you to design the jerseys for the fondo and at that time i was like this is awesome this is crazy and on that same day this is december 14th so we got that awesome i got that awesome text in the morning and then like yeah i was like dang this is crazy awesome and they're like all right we work with specialized to do the jerseys and i was like oh man 
like we we work with Volet and I have such a good relationship with Volet. Like mm-hmm. I just showed you my sketchbook where I just take a photo of my sketches and send it to Volet and they create them. Uh, and it's such a good relationship. And so I was like, oh, I don't want my... And I was like thinking just businessly, like how could I bring over like business to Volet and everybody win? Yeah. Like, because then we also have our deal with volet where imaginary collect like it's imaginary volet so just like there is nike and jordan jordan's the same as nike there's two brands it's that's what imaginary is to volet and it's kind of this subcult it's just this different culture this kind of rebellious this kind of like rawness this kind of just our vibe Mm -hmm. uh, that's what that is to imaginary volet and so uh I was like, dang, if I can bring this over, like our brand will win because we get a royalty for everything we sell. That was like, again, we didn't ever approach brands to do sponsorship. We do royalty deals. Mm-hmm. So that way everybody wins. Yeah. You, like, still, you still keep your creative freedom. Yeah. They, they just support. Yeah. And so like I, and I basically mission. told Levi, like, oh, uh, like I kind of delayed the deal tell because he's they're like oh we'll pay we want you to do also a live painting at the vip dinner and i was like all right sweet and i delayed like working with specialized and so that way then they finally agreed to working with volet because specialized had messed up on the order the year before and nobody that ordered the jersey before the event got it it was late Mm. and so uh volet can always promise it'll be six weeks which is just crazy and it's all in America, really awesome. And so, yeah, we had the jersey done like within a week or two and then it was made. And the jersey actually is based off this painting right here and like that background, Levi really loves that. And Mm -hmm. then has the astronaut on it, has the universe wants me to win on it. And it just has all these cool details. And again, it was cool to like, we want our brand to be have this high value, you know, where it's like, oh, we're selling a skateboard for a thousand dollars and our trucker hats for a hundred dollars. It's because they're all handmade by me and they're all worth that. But, but we want also to be able to like work with pro, like events that are we admire like that and think are cool, where then everybody can have like that taste of imaginary, you know. And it's like you make it for a jersey like that. And it's like when you look at that Fondo jersey, it doesn't look like a Fondo jersey where it's like. No, it doesn't at all. It's funny. Volet, after everything was gone through, like I I sent Brian the text messages of like from Levi and Carlos. And like they're like, these are like these are like crazy. Like, well, no one's like ever done. Yeah. Like Like the Fondo jerseys. Levi and Carlos were just losing their mind. And I sent Car- I sent Brian those text messages, uh-huh. and he was like, "These are awesome!" I'm like, all right. And then he double checked with me. He's like, "Okay, like they really are okay with this, like, because it's not the conservative like jersey fondo where it's like patterns and you know the blue, main logo, red. And, yeah, yeah. I put a logo on it. It was again, you could really see my artwork and Imaginary's mm. brand. You know, it's like it was a collaboration. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really cool project to really work on. And and then, yeah, that just is like that blew Volet's mind because they had never had an athlete or like brand they work with ever do that. Because just right then and there, we sold more jerseys than 
an athlete maybe had in two years. Wow. Because that's... it was about us then. Th- and that's like what me and Andrew have always been planning is uh-huh. like, and manifesting is like thinking big picture like that. Like, okay, it's cool to do our jerseys and make our, you know, designs. But like, if we can do a thing, something like that, like that just totally shifts everything. It's like looking at catching a lot of fish rather than one fish, yeah. you know? And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just our, we, it's kind of funny. I, I'd say like the metaphor is like when we were first building imaginary, it's like building a, a path and you're laying down a stone at first, nobody knows where that path is going to lead. You know, they don't mm-hmm. know. They don't understand it. It's just a few stones. And then after si- five, six years, it's like a legit path that leads to like some cool garden and hangout spot where everybody's vibing. And like then everybody understands it and wants to be a part of it. You mm-hmm. know, so I think we're kind of at that stage where we've made a distinct path away from like people were confusing us with like privateering and like a gravel racing team and brands and sponsorships where it's like, nah, we're, there's more to it than just a racing team. Way more. This whole other, yeah. Way more ideas, way more collaboration ideas. I want to do a collaboration with like the New York Mets where we're doing like, you know, uh, like the foldable city bikes, you know, with like giant momentum. Like, so rather than again, just targeting like just a select group of cyclists, faster, stronger, Uh better looking at the masses and doing this sweet like collaboration where it's like, Oh, this city bike matches the imaginary. And then you're riding up to New York Met stadium and then watching the game and have like the imaginary hat on like, you know, again, it's just yeah. all thinking about but differently and how like your brand can affect people living everyday life in cool ways, you know, mm-hmm. uh, creating I, a lifestyle and culture that people kind of want to be a part of. It has this positive message and creating, I think, more art throughout culture. Exactly. Think, yeah. These these brands and like families that are created like in this way, it's just like a fun thing to be a part of. Yeah. And I don't think there's a lot of it going on nah. sometimes. No, not enough. No, no. I, everybody, like I said, at, at the beginning of when we created Imaginary, the, a lot of people didn't understand it or it would confuse us with racing brands and or a racing team. And they'd really be keen on trying to get me to like get back to kind of racing and almost like kind of fell back into that, which I'm just glad I didn't because it just is like I have such a so much of a healthy, re- I have such a better relationship with the bike and exercise now like mm-hmm. before yeah so to give some context you're you were pro for oh. still are for yeah uh, uh i started riding like really riding a road bike at the age of 12 and was just then racing at that age and had my eyes on you know becoming pro and moving to europe and racing for the best teams and winning the tour de france and like all that and <laughs> I became pro with BMC racing when I was 18, racing for their development team. And then I stagiered for them. And then I raced pro for Hincapi Holowesco here in the U.S. Won a bunch of races uh, in the U.S. And, like, had a, f- a lot of fun, like, had a lot of fun, like, uh, races where I was, like, kind of playing with the crowd and just, like, being a character. And, uh... I don't know. It just kind of like slowly got tiring where 
uh, I just, I would be wake up and be like, oh man, like, do I want to do this for like another 15 years? Like, yeah, like it just didn't, it just wasn't itching it for me, mm-hmm. which is like totally cool. And it's like, I think I just wasn't, you kind of push farther into it. I'm glad I knew it now rather than still trying to be like doing it. And like, and again, uh, just cause like you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it all that like full gas or be pro at it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just cause I was good at it and like still am like, like you just doesn't mean you have to be pro at it, you know? I, yeah. And it wasn't a healthy relationship with it. And so it's like, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't have to be a pro. Mm-hmm. I can go, and I love that I can just go now do these events and, like, ride them with my friends and hang out and chill and, like, take our time. And, you know, rather than finishing the race in six hours, it takes, like, nine hours now. Yeah. But it's, like, way more, le- like... It's way, way more fun. Yeah. So I, much. And, again, like, I have a healthy relationship with, like, cycling and exercise now where it's, like like i just exercise now like it's like oh i'm in new york let's go run oh let's go do a 10 mile run to our like where we're gonna go have brunch Mm -hmm. uh oh let's go to the gym today oh let's go do weights oh let's go ride our bike you know but we ride it together i ride it with my girlfriend and my -hmm. daughter in the bike trailer you know so it's like it enhances life like having that healthy relationship of exercise because it makes you feel better yeah you're not i don't view the bike it was really hard at the beginning of like when I kind of left being a pro like in like 2020 kind of because you were like uh, it's like you had just left from being two like a year ago before that you know 2019 you were like re- your body's an amazing ability and then you, it goes away because you're not training you know and at first you don't like that in your brain you like will get to a climb and you won't be doing it how you were used to and so it would really be a crush to the ego and uh yeah it really wasn't until i met my girlfriend where that ego just it dissipated because it just was like again you felt so much love from her that like i wasn't then like and i wasn't just trying to like escape from something like even because something's healthy can still be like an unhealthy relationship or like an addiction, you know? So yeah. like, just cause I was going out and riding a bike for six or seven hours, like, and it, you can like say like, Oh, this is healthy or like I'm training, but it's like, were you just not really that happy, you know, in general? And that was just kind of the case. Like it just wasn't as happy. So like doing those rides were just like part of that. But again, then, met my girlfriend and just like really shifted my perspective and everything and i then i like i'm okay with not riding my bike or missing a day of not working out like yeah it doesn't it's not my ego anymore which is really exciting because then uh you're just able to paint and it's just so cool to have like a beautiful relationship with exercise and Mm -hmm. like bikes because i can love a city bike as much as i can love a gravel bike or a high-end road bike and it's yeah. like i don't have an unhealthy relationship with bikes where i uh don't i hate like road cycling or hate like the the top end bikes like where i've uh-huh. gone total opposite and ride like really like you know just like fixed gears or you mm-hmm. know like sometimes people do that like if they're like if they're only ever going to ride a bike, it's going to be yeah. in that capacity. Where it's like, no, nah, I can still, like, I love still throwing on my, like, bibs and jersey and mm-hmm. 
jumping on the road bike and feeling fast or i love jumping on the mountain bike with the baggies and going and having a good time like now to I'm, go do a big day and like really yeah really push and have those days but then you go to the city like i was in jackson you like download the app rent one of those ones with the big basket on it yeah and this, you just like cruise around town you're like on lift yeah 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 that's what, that's what they're in new york is the the lift ones and they're awesome Dude, that is that is amazing. So, is this creativity always there when you were racing? And like yeah, you, that that but was, it was just kind of limited because the culture in the professional world like didn't allow that really. Yeah, that and uh, yeah, that absolutely. Uh, especially at, now, it now you can kind of see in cycling there is a lot more kind of personality and like way more creative yeah. and it's it's but, so fun. Yeah, but like when I was like pr- like pr- kind of that age of bmc and it was like sky was also re- that's like when bradley wiggins had just won the tour and like so people it was all about the marginal games and like super professionalism yeah and so like i was trying to be that like i was trying to be that euro clean cut like by bike american bike racer like mm-hmm. trying to like and again it you just were like starving that other side of myself that creative self and i didn't draw or i want to be creative because i just thought i had to eat drink breathe cycling Mm -hmm. where it's not because that's just the culture there and like that's it was then i don't think it is now because like you have shifting yeah i think it just totally shifted where people realize people can just kind of have i like social media is relevant and people need to have be characters Mm -hmm. and people need to be allowed to have more of a personality there's still a lot that could be done i feel like but that's why i created my brand to support racers and yeah. allow them to be free mm-hmm. so i'm not average if you're not uh, if you're upset with something then just you go do your like fix it yeah. or fi- like do you make something out of it don't go whine and like try to stop somebody else's you just go do your thing mm-hmm. you know yeah but, it's good. like one of the biggest reasons i've been a huge fan of like all the work and the stuff you've been doing over the last couple years it's been like a ton of fun like to watch thank you it's been really fun it's i love uh over the last like kind of like month i would find my i would look back on my social media and see like paintings that i did like five years ago and it's just like incredible to see the progression and like you know like i said you don't see your own progression until you really step back and look Mm -hmm. which is healthy because then you're like oh wow like okay like Let's realize like what's actually like happening yeah. here. Like you've arrived you, at these moments where it's like yeah, and it's like I don't and like I don't view myself I've arrived at all too. Mm-hmm. Like you just are like stoked that you keep gro- you're you've kept growing yeah, and like you feel like you've you've gotten better. Just like on the bike, if you were to ride every day, you're gonna get better. Like yeah, to me it's the same in art or being creative. Wherever like, you put your energy, yeah. If you're just genuinely. putting that energy for, every, you know certain amount of time every day it's gonna grow and uh it's just really been really fun to see like when my first paintings were like you know selling for 200 to 500 dollars and now they go from like 5 10 to even like twenty five thousand dollars right now and it's Mm -hmm. like if you would have told me that like 10 years ago i would have been like like no way that's possible you know and it just is like it's possible for anybody and not like maybe an art or whatever, but like just find what you love mm-hmm. and do it. And again, like there were freaking tons of months where like you don't even get paid. Yeah. Like you never really know when. Yeah. You don't know when a p- painting is going to sell and yeah. cause you're trying to sell it to 
one person. You're not trying to sell it to the masses, mm-hmm. you know? So it takes time for maybe that one person to find it. And when they find it, they'll pay anything for it. Mm-hmm. And so it's about you just creating artwork that's real and authentic to yourself and being honest and allowing it to just flow you, through you and without kind of having a wall up and that's stopping you from creativity. Mm-hmm. Dang, man. But yeah, yeah that's what was my biggest kind of like now when I look back on my cycling career, kind of like my biggest, I'm not crutch, but like I just understand it now why like there were no kind of teams would kind of maybe like stay away because they mm-hmm. could probably just see that I just was like too focused. I was wanting to just enjoy it, like be way too creative, you know, which isn't a bad thing, but like I understand it now, like why it's like, I like I would win all these races or have these results and it's like, okay, like, how come I'm not in the world tour yet? How come I'm not in the world tour yet? And then just from doing art now, I just understand like, I don't even just do one type of painting or art. Like you're in here and there's, you're surrounded by bikes, coffee, ceramics, sculptures, uh, design, uh, sewing, uh, painting. And so it's like my brain just works like that where it's 10,000 projects at once rather than just one, like wake up, eat, sleep, train. And again, that's like, not a negative thing that just didn't mm-hmm. suit my brain and i understand that now and uh and i also understand like everything happens for everything that happens in our life we like we made mm-hmm. yeah do you think with uh with traveling i assume you travel a lot racing things did it, was the were those experiences something that like fed um kind of the spread of enjoyment you get from things like oh. you do experience like the art and culture in europe is amazing and everywhere else in the world and it kind of feed that um just giving you more experiences to create with yeah definitely looking back now maybe i'm picking up some of this stuff but it's funny when you're racing over there like it's a job and uh-huh. you're there's racing. nothing else you're not seeing anything yeah, yeah. like you're not you're not traveling to like touristy places i mean i saw europe and like i love it but I would love to go back now and really like immerse myself Enjoy. in like enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause like now when I travel with my girlfriend, you know, going to Whistler or going to New York or, you know, going to Greenville, like I, I find myself enjoying every single second, like the plane ride, the like, and you're just like, again, chill with doing everything. You're not like thinking, okay, I need to take my bike and train. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. I don't take my bike when I go travel. It's just yeah, I don't need to unless mm-hmm. like we're me and her are riding in some event, you know. Yeah, there's just so much. But travel is yeah, travel is key to creation. Uh huh. You just have to live outside of the normal day to day. Like if you don't experience new things, you're not going to really have those inspirations to go anywhere. With yeah, anything. you have to see. You have to see the world to really also understand it and have perspective. I like it's kind of like a crazy example but uh when i was 16 i was my first trip to europe and i went to germany and austria and uh we like took the moment to go to the concentrate like uh tracing camp in dachau Mm. and it was like the worst experience of my life it was like the worst like darkest spirits you'd ever feel like devil was there for sure it's crazy it's really nasty and bad feelings and like 
that I remember that was in the summer and then that August went to school and like again you're just taught like nobody really knows I guess your perspective is just just different because you actually saw the stuff but like you you then were in the class and like that would be brought up like you know when it's talked about and what during World War Two during history class and it's like people would be talking over the teacher or like mm-hmm. just being disrespectful or like and like not being you really don't rude. grasp the scope of yeah. what that where was. it's like it's like making me tear up like yeah. you know as I would be sitting there because like it just was like oh you don't want to go to see that but you should see things to see history and to know things and to travel and see buildings and see life and I begin that's like a negative example but that's like for me at a young age that was like oh wow traveling really helps you see history good and bad which then allows you to just have a deeper connection to it which Mm -hmm. then people if you haven't seen it or haven't gone to do something you know and it's like my parents they travel all the time they just got back from Egypt seeing the pyramids and it's like what the heck that's like something you see seen since a child yeah and it's like how crazy would that be to see in person and just i don't know it just makes you feel like you're checking boxes off in your life that like oh I, okay i saw that uh-huh you know so did your parents kind of instill that when you were young did you travel a lot as a family or they kind of kind of showed you that yeah we were always traveling as a family like camping a lot and then when my brother went on his mission his lds mission to Mm -hmm. spain we went and like in then 2001 i was eight years old we went and saw saw, went like picked him up because it was at the he was finished and we saw all the families and traveled spain and we were able to watch the tour de france go through the pyrenees oh which that's that, a, that's, the, that's oh, like what that's made so me cool. want to be a pro i saw that and i was like i want to be a pro because we watched it every year but yeah we were traveling all the time then my sister was a professional dancer and she danced for uh tokyo disney okay at age of 17 wow and so uh she when she was living over there we went and visited her and i was 11 and again, just going to Tokyo when you're 11, like you're like, what the heck? This is outrageously <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And uh, so they've always, and then we'd go to Mexico all the time, and uh, just travel the United States for the national championships or bike racing. And it just like really helps you like have a deep perspective of life and enjoyment of it. And that the world is our oyster to be able to go enjoy it, you know. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be stuck in Utah or wherever we are. So, yeah, they're the best. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And so, kind of what, like, this area is amazing. I keep feeling, like, the draw to, like, southern Utah and, like, mm-hmm. Sedona. I've been spending, like, time down there. So, like, how's how's living in the desert and just kind of enjoying it down here yeah i i'm here often yeah i've lived down here since i was 16 Mm -hmm. uh i would come down here because the weather during the winter would be so much better to ride and then when i turned pro it was like i would spend all my winter out here and it was Mm -hmm. awesome and i'd be able to kind of shut off from traveling so much to europe and uh it'd be way cool and i always loved it uh and then yeah it's just nice having a daughter and you know, my girlfriend just love it out here where it's just really quiet and peaceful and, you know, safe and 
like our town has like a no light ordinance you know at night that's I, amazing. I, like a p- light pollution ordinance mm-hmm. so like i see shooting stars like every night that's and like, awesome it's just really really cool and you're able to escape into the desert like very fast mm-hmm. yeah you can hop on the bike real quick and in 10 minutes you're you're seeing things that yeah. you didn't ever see and nobody will ever see and it's just like really cool it feels like you're on another planet and uh yeah we're just super blessed to be here uh although i i also really love like greenville south carolina mm-hmm. and and new york like so it's funny like living in new york and utah it's so funny how they're so opposite but oh yeah i never thought i'd like love living in new york so much but i just freaking mm-hmm. love it yeah. like love it especially like i wouldn't love it's it if a, i was racing still because yeah. you just couldn't train but yeah like now that i again just like i'm chilling and like painting and being mm-hmm. a creative like there's nothing better than like going and running around the city like I, it's funny how i prefer running in the city than i do like i think i don't know just like, like a trail run yeah i don't know it's not i don't want to say that or but like i don't know maybe just running around the roads around here okay uh and it's just like because in the city you're seeing so much crazy <laughs> stuff every five feet yeah and like or you're hitting this neighborhood or this neighborhood and this block and this block and like you gotta have these maybe like- one block is dangerous and you gotta really scurry you know <laughs> like i love new york and like uh again just being an artist you're able to absorb so much and see so much culture and like if anything you can think or dream about you can get in new york like any type of food you're hungry for uh and everything's always open 24 7 so it's like it's definitely like i just feel like just the way of living out there is like just like another type of crazy drug it's because it's like i noticed then when you come back to utah it just really feels like or like like yeah it's like a stark contrast between experiences and it's like not bad uh, I mean, it can get overwhelming sometimes if you don't know how to balance it out. Yeah. It's out there. You have to really make sure you're being balanced with life because it is so overwhelming and so chaotic. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure your, you know, your diet's good, your exercise, you're exercising, you're meditating because it is so busy and you're always surrounded. Like, it, I find it funny. Like, you have to make sure you're doing those things or else I find... You can, I can get a little bit more like anxious, you know. Whereas out here, I can do less, but I'm mm-hmm. able to really create out here in my studio. So like, I, when you're channeling, like if once you go in from the art studio after a full day out here of painting, you're pretty exa- mentally exhausted. And mm-hmm. uh, so and just like same from the social side, like when you're that busy with so many people, it's like a different type. Yeah, yeah, it, and just being around you, people again, yeah, like you always gotta like you just uh, you have to be on, yeah, just have to be on, like you have yeah, to, like you don't know what somebody's gonna do on the subway, so you have to be like you can't be messing around or ca- like making attention, you know, you don't yeah. like you don't you you just gotta like be on and like being doing things again, not in a negative way, but just like also like yeah, pe- we all absorb people's energies. That's why when we walk in certain rooms and it's somebody's grumpy you can feel that energy somebody's happy Mm -hmm. they like brings that energy when somebody's chilling it can bring that energy and so it's like 
you can feel all these different types of energies and you're absorbing it and like your body's absorbing too like i feel like this year my body has been going through like a lot of like absorbing all the these different types of germs out there and like mm-hmm. building crazy tolerance <laughs> i feel like every time out there you get like some type of weird weird bug you know in new york yeah you get a like a weird bug just because you're touching everything man (laughs) you don't touch everything but again you're surrounded by everyone yeah and like it's a whole other environment yeah yeah your body i just noticed sometimes my stomach's not always the greatest out there it takes a like it's been taking a minute and if Uh you talk to anybody that has like lived out there they'll always say like the same it just takes like your body you'll never get sick after you're living in new york because of that (laughs) you gotta adapt build a yeah yeah, a crazy yeah a friend that did my tattoo out there he uh uh was like i i was like sick and he's like oh yeah like i was like oh i don't want to get you sick he's like i'm a new yorker dude like <laughs> their immune system yeah, is just crazy different. it's true <laughs> like yeah it's just crazy <laughs> well that's awesome man and i guess uh about i wanted to ask about <clears throat> so both your athletes i know truman me and him have gotten to know each other a little bit mm-hmm. and then yeah, kind of what's his background, and then Sydney. Yeah, Sydney Nelson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Tr- Truman, I've known him. I don't know since he was like sixteen or seventeen, I think. Uh, I was good friend. I'm good friends with his brother, and I uh, just know his family real well. And they're just such an amazing family, and have such good support system. And mm-hmm. uh, I always knew Truman was like really good and talented, uh, and pretty just cool kid. And then, I don't know, just last year when I was at Point to Point, it just, like, something clicked. You could just see in him. He got fifth in that race. And he, I think at also Leadville, he had, like, a a six-and-a-half-hour time or something like that. Yeah. Because he was, like, the top 30. Yeah, he was, like, top 20. He was, like, 25 or something, 24. Maybe better. But, uh, like, he just didn't have like he has the support of his family but like none of them had experience from like really like keegan has professional support yeah you know mm-hmm. and like he knows all the tricks like i know all the tricks like nutrition all right feeding yeah. here and like, that is a giant difference yeah like, that's like i saw a video of truman posted on his point to point he got fifth there against lachlan keegan i think it was what howard grotz was there or i don't know another pro and then as another pro, I forget. So two pros, and then it was Truman, and they, so those top four were all very, prof- like very, very professional, professional pros. Like, because Lachlan was in the World Tour. Yeah, and then you have Keegan, was, yeah, and Keegan. like again, I forget. I don't, I don't know who it was, but mm-hmm. uh, those are big. Yeah, and I just saw the video of Truman getting fed, and he stopped on the bike, and you know, took his time to like drink a can of soda, and then put the backpack on where. Then you see the video of Keegan riding through the feed zone and grabbing, grabbing the as he's going and tossing it on yeah. him, dropping the backpack prior, grabbing the other one and then going. Mm-hmm. That's significant difference. to just yeah, it's massive, and to be able to have that type of support and it just kind of clicked in my. And then I met, saw him at the Wasatch, mm-hmm. and like he was in a he was finally not wearing like that ruler kit, and I was like. I was like, yo, what the, you, like, you should be an imaginary. Yeah. And he's like, well, give me a jersey and I will. And I was like, <laughs> all right, let's talk. And after the race, like, we talked. And I was like, yo, I'm dead serious. Like, 
uh, I was like, I have I have all these contacts, mm-hmm. and it was like, well, I don't want to keep racing like racing at this high level level. Like I want to chill and like focus on creative. And I was like, oh, if we could just support this kid, and then uh, one day we got a call from I got a call from Keegan, and he's like, uh, dude, you got to bring on this girl because uh, he knew I was like looking to bring on a girl for the team and uh he had coached her and he's like she dyes her hair all these cool fun colors all the time she's totally the vibe of imaginary she you know and she totally is and i called her up and like super cool sydney nielsen she has really an amazing family really good support system and chill and uh yeah just fun these are just fun kids that like to be around and they're cool and like they're just doing cool things outside you know sydney Mm -hmm. goes uh, to like the University of Colorado or something in like Grand Junction, I don't know. And then Truman, you know, just freaking doing backflips, backflips, the freaking back mountains. Yeah, in Utah. he's a gnarly skier. He's gnarly he everything, sends, man. He's gnarly everything. He like, sends. Really wanting him <laughs> to start like big. trying like downhill like racing yeah. and everything. I mean, like I have never seen a video of a athlete, a pro doing going off a jump on their gravel bike and doing Dude. a, a, a hand clap behind their back i've never seen that his not bike, by matthew vanderpool not by yeah. T- tom pidcott like his bike skills are wild. you'll see everybody on the gravel bike do the whip yeah but like and not what? a very stylish one it kind of gets out there. but like he the a no like yeah behind his back like and so it's cool because like <laughs> It's been cool to watch since bringing on these these kids. And, uh-huh. like, I just have realized that, man, if I can just, like, f- fuel their, like, I know confidence is everything. Mm-hmm. And, like, once you, like, if you can, you can have confidence and it not being a negative thing. And so if yeah. you can fuel that for them and just give them this confidence, it's crazy since signing them to, like, now, just, like, the videos they're putting out or the things they're trying, like, Sydney going off all these jumps all the time and, mm-hmm. like, you can just see the difference in their social media, even and like the things they're trying, and like you just are giving them these more personal items to be that, creative with. Yeah, yeah, that make them feel like cool, you uh-huh. know, and make them feel like, dang, like this this is awesome. Like I'm one of one right now. Like you know, or yeah, TJ's painting one like one of one bike for me. Like mm-hmm. you know, and then yeah, doing the jerseys that are their style, you know. Uh, I always wanted the race program to be like a representation of like the Power Rangers because I love uh-huh. the Power Rangers. So I thought it would be cool where like everybody has their own color or kind of like symbolic Within animal. The team. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like Truman. uniqueness to each. Yeah, but it's still imaginary. There. So yeah, it's yeah. like the same designs, different colors on each yeah. person and different like animal kind of symbolic thing you know yeah. truman's got like this wolf and like sydney's got like this cool like uh uh octopus and like i you know uh andrew's got like the bear and it's just like it's like just fun and it's like but it's like all about kind of creating a brand around them and like a personality around them so then it's like people know truman for that orange color yeah. you know uh-huh. it like becomes symbolic to him just like yeah. how the turquoise and the turquoise blue kind of came like my kind of symbolic color or, you know same with sydney and aqua blue or you know uh mm-hmm. andrew and the forest green kind of so 
it's just cool to like you know make people feel special and like in creative ways you know mm-hmm. dude that's super fun it's way fun I, so yeah okay. well yeah what's uh like what's life life doesn't even like you know people talk about being retired and it's like man like this is like we i work every day and like it can like last night i was up till midnight mm-hmm. you know painting on these helmets but it's like nobody's forcing me to do anything like this is i choose it like yeah everything i do and then it just comes straight from me like i never thought you know this yeah, you're life not just really... working to retire yeah you're yeah like, like you're like living i want to like, experience everything in life yeah There's like i even... want to be out here in my studio on my like and then painting and then you know that would be it like you just would die you know yeah. or like be on my bike or something or uh-huh. be you know making love to my girlfriend mm. <laughs> you know 90 years old you gotta go out you gotta go out but (laughs) yeah but uh no you know i i wanted to do things where it's like oh i can do this forever and like that's the point is like i kind of view it too it's like man i only need to sell a few paintings by the time i'm like 50 for you like yeah for like millions of dollars (laughs) like you know what i mean like Uh you can if you're willing to invest in your creativity that money will always come like yeah. it's like my paintings in itself or what they sold at the beginning and i never chart it's like i've had i've just slowly built up the price like the price mm-hmm. and the value and slowly have so gotten better and better every year and so then like again if by the time i'm 60 or 70 and it's like oh you're selling paintings for three million five million like 100 million like yeah i'm big man- manifester so i'm never afraid to say like why would I be afraid to say I want that? Why like, not? yeah, are you kidding me? That's like stupid. It's not <laughs> saying like I love money and like that, but it's like, and that's not why I paint. But it's like, well, I, I'm gonna paint and I'm putting my soul into these, so like, that's what they're worth. Like, yeah. that's the value. And so like, why would I not want that value? That would just mean my artwork would be that good at mm-hmm. that time, you know. And so it's like, why would I not want that? Why would I not want to have like my family taken care of and like. You know, but I realize the means I, that can happen to me when I'm 50. Yeah. Like, I don't need it to happen to me now. Like mm-hmm. when it happens to you when you're 50, it's going to feel pretty great getting that check at 50, yeah. you know, or 45 or uh-huh. I'll lower the age because I would, would that be sweet if it happened at 30. I'm 28 <laughs> yeah. right now. So I'll <laughs> manifest 30. We'll see. Yeah. You but, don't have to just like that old mentality of just working until you're 65 and then then you can enjoy things. Yeah but it's like no you can just my, enjoy my parents are still working they uh-huh. retired from their jobs and they're still substitute teaching my mom was a history teacher and she now uh is a substitute teacher mm-hmm. like they just like it and yeah want to do it and it's like you know it's like what so like why wouldn't i want to be riding my bike till i can't or mm-hmm. you know traveling till i can't or painting till i can't you know it's like it's awesome like yeah uh, every other artist did you know mm-hmm. and it's just like i feel like that's just freaking and that's like a cool thing is like like uh to, i feel like just like uh it just shows too that you really want to be here and like live life you mm-hmm. know because like you want your artwork to get better every year so like in order for that to happen you have to live life and mm-hmm. like keep going you know yeah so it's like really awesome to just be like I, so like then you don't really have bad days because you're not like you'll have like maybe a few bad days 
but you're never down on yourself you know mm -hmm. or like oh man like my like you know it's just like oh this is just a poor day you know no stress mm -hmm. <clears throat> so as being with a so being as a creative and you express yourself in like so many ways and i talk with some other creatives and kind of that feeling of maybe not imposter syndrome but maybe just being nervous about putting themselves out there is i think a barrier for a lot of creatives i've talked to so have you had experience with like getting over that or how oh, do you totally totally how do you deal like with that? imposter says like what like you don't think your art is at the same level as somebody you look up yeah. to and, and like when you're expressing why yourself, would somebody pay that uh -huh. when somebody like you don't think oh totally like when i first let me just grab a monster java yeah. would you like a, a beverage oh you got oh, your i got my espresso you got yours yeah i just had to grab a drink real fast yeah my monster java the triple shot the mocha go to your local probably you know grocery store or supermarket or gas station and shake it up and get one it's freaking tasty is that your go-to yeah yeah actually the mocha is my favorite i drank one last night on the podcast and that was like up till again midnight <laughs> painting and stuff but uh it's so good and just the java so it's just a cool part to be a monster you know monster athlete or monster creative mm -hmm. and be on the java side because i was with the the hydra line forever and then i just kind of was like hey i think it'd be a better fit on the java line to be more of a creative my art is at a i had to wait till my art got to a certain level yeah to kind of really you know and they were they've always wanted me on the java side and it feels like crazy family like they just really support me with everything not it just is different like the creative you're doing things like for instance, like going, you'll be next year you're going to like Stagecoach and Coachella and doing mm -hmm. like live paintings in their like booths. So like sweet. I'm going, got the invite to go to this sweet uh, uh, one in August, and it's in San Francisco outside Lands, and it's okay. like they sent me the video and it's just crazy. Like two hundred twenty thousand people there, <laughs> over a hundred uh, art musical yeah. artists so it's really cool being part of the monster java family where they uh really support creatives to the fullest mm -hmm. uh so but yeah kind of going back to your last like question about even getting your artwork out there yeah kind of getting over that i because like i did a art show i want to say this was like 2016 in november and nobody i had like paintings up for a hundred dollars and nobody bought anything mm-hmm and you just were like, ah, oh, dang, okay. I was, I was, you know, really good at racing, so I was like, ah, oh, just keep racing. It's not a big deal. And then that Christmas, my sister asked me to paint an astronaut, and I did, and all of a sudden, like, everybody wanted to buy it. And wow. I thought I was being crazy, and I was like, $500. Because mm -hmm. I already had, like, a full-time job with racing. Yeah. I was getting paid really well from racing. And so I was like, all right, $500. And it sold instantly. And then I had three more client people want to buy one. And then the next day, three more. And then as I kept doing each one, mm -hmm. it kept selling, you know, two to 500 to 700. And then finally that like spring, like someone hit me up to do this massive painting, not massive now. It's like 48 by 60. And I was like 7,000. Cause I was like, again, it didn't yeah, matter to not? me. 
and I think that's why I was able to get over kind of that imposter system because like none of it I didn't have to rely upon it because I was racing and had a full-time job so it's like I think that's kind of like rather than just feeling like okay I need to quit my job and go all in you can kind of do baby steps and like allow your art to progress and like it finally so when I sold that painting I was like oh my gosh I can't believe that happened like Mm -hmm. people that really blew my mind like okay it's all about you know just kind of doing it and then i took all that money and invested it in building a studio and then once i built that studio like you can see out here you can just create non-stop mm-hmm. and it just i think that's kind of the biggest part is just like investing in yourself and uh kind of i don't know i think because my racing career was also going really well it really kind of helped get over that I don't know if imposter syndrome about selling things, but because like I was already, I feel like I had a confidence from racing and success from racing that, Mm -hmm. you know, people then were very interested in the art too. And I think at the beginning, maybe more of my art was selling also because of more, I was more successful with my racing, which is cool Mm -hmm. because I just opened the door. Yeah. Because now my art doesn't sell because of my racing and Mm -hmm. it sells for way more, you know? And it's like, I'm able to create pieces that like you're looking at that are a lot more authentic and personal and real and Mm -hmm. cool. And they're not just like, I was at that time doing a lot of commission work, like, and really fast. And just, it was like ton, it would be, I was probably making, I was making like a lot of money. I would be making like $10,000 just from that. Okay. Like in a month. Mm -hmm. And it was like, dang, but I was doing smaller pieces quicker. And it was like, can you draw a portrait of my wife? Can you do? And it's like, what? Like, I don't want to do that. I yeah. want to paint what I want to paint. Uh-huh. I want to paint my life. And yep. an artist needs to live a life to paint. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just, you're not living and traveling and living life. You're not going to have anything to say, Yeah. you know? And it's like, I've really kind of gone, come to the cl- conclusion here pretty soon where it's like, I'm a pretty talkative person, obviously. <laughs> and I've learned like, okay, just as my art's gotten better and better, I've learned to be a better storyteller with it and have a lot of my art kind of do more of the talking. And so I'm really trying to focus more on like less talking, allow the art to do more of like, mm-hmm. how can I, how can I say less and my art say more? Okay. You know? Yeah. So like, it's then just more authentic. Mm-hmm. It's not like you just paint. I don't paint things like at that time I was painting things that I thought would sell. Okay. You know, yep. now I don't, I don't, I just paint what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And it, again, it might not sell for a year or two, but it doesn't have to like, yeah. it goes up. Yeah. Like <laughs> I love in like the Pusha T song, Diet Coke at the beginning. And me and Andrew always say this to each other. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Okay. And like <laughs> that's happened so many times where someone, a client's, was interested maybe in a painting and then three years later they end up buying it but it was three times the price Mm. you should have bought it today yeah like (laughs) you know yeah it's like i it's just like i i've built up that confidence from my art because my art speaks my volume and like again it just also you have to have a confidence if you're an artist and i I, not even if you're an artist just we we all should have a confidence doesn't mean you have to be mean or ego Mm -hmm. yeah but why would you not want to be your favorite superhero like 
we if we all view why this, not be the person you want to be yeah like envision sit there and I wanna, envision the person you want to become yeah and like really like i don't look at it's funny i don't look at anybody and i'm like oh man i wish i was like them yeah like i used to uh-huh. like when i was racing sure. i would be like i'd have that issue and i you know whereas like i'd compare myself where now it's like i am the coolest person like yeah. i view not in like uh-huh. a bad way like i don't think but it's like it's not in an arrogant way it's you, just you like, should yeah like the, uh, you should think you're the most handsome person or the most beautiful like person or like i'm lo- doing what i want to do like it uh-huh. doesn't have to mean like you're e- into yourself or your ego it's like well why why should i feel less about myself yeah. you know it's like no like i want to be my favorite person mm-hmm. i want to like when and it's be, funny when you can be yourself genuinely yeah it's like why not it's that and it's so funny like it really hit me this like winter when i was out snowboarding and i was like what the heck like 12 year old tj would think i'm the coolest cat on this mountain <laughs> like my snowboard my goggles yeah. my, like my hair i was like feeling so cool <laughs> and like had this might have my hot girlfriend and i'm like dang like this is the life <laughs> like i just think like i'm the coolest I'm T I'm, I'm my younger self's like hero mm-hmm. and like everybody should feel that way. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm better than anybody in the slightest, uh-huh. like not even close. I know just like every painting is different. We all are all different and have our own beauty and like light. That's why I think everybody should view as they're like the greatest. Yeah. Like, cause I, why I think they are in their movie, you know, yep. but yeah. yeah, man, I totally agree. I think that's a kind of a, beautiful uh philosophy to kind of wrap it up with because we got to go we got to go go ride now (laughs) this week we got a ride to go catch we're gonna go meet up with the the rapid cycling boys here in town that's the local bike shop in town and those guys are just like they're my best friends they're the coolest cats they're they're wild uh so let's go have fun dude sweet all right right, dude thanks again thanks dude